Hey folks, John Ojaka here, and in today's episode, we're going to be kickstarting a new trend around here, which is building episodes around questions that you guys submit. So today's question was, what would I do if I had only $500 to spend on my music career, thereabouts? Uh, and so we'll, we'll be we'll be listening to that listener question and answering it shortly. But before we do, I just wanted to remind everyone, if you like this podcast, if you like what I'm about, what Music Marketing Manifesto is about, the direct-to-fan marketing strategies that we've been cultivating here for over a decade now, then head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com, click on products and services in the top nav bar, and check out everything that I've got to offer from my flagship program, Music Marketing Manifesto 4.0, to my private mastermind community, The Insider Circle, to private coaching uh, or consulting sessions, as well as my PR service, my publicity service called No Brainer PR. You can take a look at everything that we have to offer there on the site. With that out of the way, let's get started. I hope you enjoy today's show. You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast, where you'll learn how you can use direct-to-fan marketing strategies to grow your fan base and generate income from your music with no record label, radio, airplay, touring, or press. And I'm your host, John Ojaka. All right, John Ojaka here, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. Now, as mentioned before the intro, there we're going to be talking. We're going to be taking questions from listeners. Um, this my my hope here is that this kickstarts a new sort of, uh, if not a series, at least a trend in the podcast. I want to start building episodes around uh, questions from you guys. We'll still include interviews and all that fun stuff, and we'll change things up from time to time. But I think, uh, you know, I'm usually sitting here going, you know, what will help musicians? What do musicians want to know? And then I'm taking a crack at putting an, uh, putting episodes and training lessons and courses together for you guys. And I figured what better way to do that than just ask you guys to submit your questions directly for the show. And so that's, that's what we're going to be trying at least for a while going forward. If you've got a question that you would like to submit, then just head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward forward slash submit a question. Once again, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash submit a question. Uh, and if it's something that I think I can build an episode around, uh, I will include it on the show. There's a little audio recorder there. You can just hit a button, leave me a, a message. And as I say, if it's right for the show, I will, uh, I will I will uh, build an episode around it like this one. So uh, let's let's jump into it, uh, shall we? Let's uh, let's take the first question. Uh, I thought this was a fun one, a nice one to build a lesson around. I know it's something that has come up in many coaching sessions, many uh, consulting uh, calls. So I thought this was a good one, uh, and many people probably have wondered the same thing. So. Uh, I'll stop setting it up. We'll just cut away and we'll listen uh, to the question that came in from listener Jason Eli. Let's take a listen. Hey, John, how are you doing? This is Jason here in sunny London town. I've got a question for you. I have about 400 pounds left in my music business spending account to put into my music career um, I've got my website built I've got a sort of fan list of about 400 people I'm wondering if I should focus that money on Facebook advertising alone to try and sell my new album or should I spend some of it on merchandise and have less money to put into 
advertising and try and make money off both. Um, love your show. Love the um, course as well. Hope to hear from you and hi to everybody. Cheers. All right. A big thank you goes out to Jason Eli for submitting that question. I think it's a good one. I think a lot of people can relate to that. There are a lot of musicians, no doubt, listening to this who are in a similar position. You've got some music that you've you've created. You want to get it out to the world. Uh, you want to grow your following. Um but and perhaps hopefully you've got a, a a budget together. Maybe it's small. Maybe it's fixed. Um, it's a it's a certain amount of money that you can risk investing in your career, but you're not sure the best way to do it. So. Uh, Jason wants my take on how I would spend that money, and that is that's what I'm going to offer everyone. I thought we'd have a little fun with this and and and, and reframe it ever so slightly. Um, he mentioned 400 pounds. That's around 560 bucks U.S. Let's just round that off and say 500 U.S. dollars. If I had 500 U.S. dollars to invest in my music career uh, and nothing more, how would I spend it? Well, th- again, this is probably one of those questions that if you asked uh, 10 different marketers, you might get 10 different answers. I'm going to give you my take, um, and uh, it all, my answer also depends a little bit on where you're at in your career. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take this question and I'm gonna offer. I think I've got I, I took some notes that I'm actually not looking at right now. Um, uh, four different answers, sort of four different archetypal musicians um, that re- represent different key places in that sort of career um, arc of the average musician and I'm going to give my best uh, advice for each musician depending on where you're at in in this cycle. Now um, just the super quick overview of what it is that I teach if you're new to Music Marketing Manifesto and me and, and what I'm all about. Um, I, I've been helping musicians uh, successfully market their music for over a decade now. I was the first person that I'm aware of to teach these direct response marketing strategies to musicians, or at least the longest lasting, there may have been others that have come and gone. Um, but these strategies have, have really caught on in many circles over the years and are now becoming fairly commonplace. And and there is a little bit of a juxtaposition going on between those who have invest, invested wholeheartedly in streaming versus those who are embracing a sales model. Um, there really is no reason you can't do both, um, but they are distinct and different, and you can't necessarily do both both or at least well you can but it's not optimal in many cases to do both at the same time in other words it's hard to sell music that people already have in their pockets so if you are going to um, rely on a sales model then you need to be careful with what you release to the streaming platforms and I usually recommend uh, artists release say the singles rather than the entire album but there are still absolutely streaming um, strategies that that uh, make a lot of sense, and it, it depends a lot on who you are as an artist, where you are in your career, um, and if you want more on my take on streaming, you can find um, various episodes in the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast dedicated to streaming and uh, how they fit in to the MMM model. Um, but the long and short of it is that I teach people to uh, to build a, a following or to build an audience, uh, more simply put, to build a mailing list of 
of fans and then to sell stuff to those fans it's really that simple and it works really well um and uh it, it just with every year that passes the reports i get from students and, and clients um seems to indicate that it's just working better and better um uh, that's what I see, and and so I'm a, I'm a firm believer in the sales uh, slash direct response marketing approach to selling uh, music. Um, and when I say sales, there are a lot of different ways that you can make that sale. It can come in the form of a traditional album, be it CD or vinyl. And yes, people still do buy CDs and vinyl, especially on the indie level when you have when you're communicating directly with your fans. But if that's not you or that's not your demographic, then you can monetize through something like Patreon or a membership site. Those are still sales um, uh, platforms as opposed to the streaming platforms where nobody is parting with money to, uh, to consume your music. They're just needing to take an action to consume your music. Well, they are parting with money. It's just not <laughs> going to you for the most part. Um, so, so again, that's an overview of, of what I teach, and you can learn more about it in various other lessons, um, or sorry, not lessons, but uh, podcast episodes. But uh, as I mentioned, I've broken things up into sort of four types of musicians, and I'm going to give um, different advice to different musicians depending on where you are in your career. So how would I spend $500? Um if that's all I had to invest in my career, well, first off, let's take the artist with no product to sell. You're brand new to this. Maybe you've recorded a song, you've got a band, you're rehearsing, you've performed a few times, but you don't have an album yet. If that's you, and, and Jason, I don't think that's you, but you you did mention merchandise, I would be investing in, in an album, getting that together, getting something to sell, because you could go and take that single and start growing your list. And I often recommend people do that simultaneously as they get their album ready. But if you have a fixed budget, only $500 to invest, I would wait until you've got that album to sell because that is when you are most likely to get um, maximum return for your marketing dollar. Uh, in other words, if if we drive traffic, build a list, uh, we're going to make m more sales if those people signed up to our list recently. Um, uh, you're going to get a higher conversion rate as opposed to building that list for a year and then asking everyone to buy um, your album. Too, too many of those leads are going to go cold and never purchase. So with a fixed budget and no additional money coming in uh, or, or no, no potential for growth in that marketing budget coming anytime soon, I would recommend investing in getting your album finished and recorded and ready for sale. Now, if you've already got that album and you're talking specifically about creating additional um, items uh, for, say, an upsell or merchandise for, for touring, these kinds of things, I would personally hold off on that. I would I would prioritize that a little further down in the chain. Um, merchandise is a tough sell with any kind of online marketing. Um, merchandise is great for a traditional merchandise, you know, I mean, T-shirts, um, uh, hats, uh, uh, lyrics, books, these kinds of things. They can sell, but they're tougher to sell. And so I would be I would be deprioritizing them over uh, other things like um, spending money on advertising, assuming that you did have at least one album to sell. Um, so. Again, artists with nothing to sell, take that $500, do what you need to do to 
get an album finished and ready to go. Um, going to be tough to do for $500. You're going to be pulling a lot of favors and doing it yourself, but certainly it could be done. And I'm assuming that we're talking about finishing something, um, maybe getting artwork together, these kinds of things, rather than than trying to get the entire album recorded and produced for just 500 bucks, because that, that's a bit tough. Um Second type of artists, artists with an album or more to sell but no following. So maybe you finished your album, but you're really starting from scratch. Now, Jason mentioned that he's got 400 followers. That's not from scratch, but that's that's pretty early days. That's not a, a big following. Those numbers aren't that significant unless... 100% of those 400 people came from live shows. If you built your list from live shows, that's not nothing. Those leads are about three or four times more valuable than leads that you generate from online marketing. Um, the downside, of course, is that it's not scalable. You, Most people can't stomach the idea of touring every day for the rest of their lives. Um, and the beauty of online marketing is that it is scalable. You can be asleep and selling music, and uh, quite literally, it happens all the time. You wake up in the morning to see how many albums you sold while you were asleep with uh, digital marketing strategies, um, and they are they are scalable. Um, so that is why we focus on building those kinds of leads, even though touring leads are uh, so much more valuable. And in a, again, uh, in an ideal world, you're doing both. And as well as all of that, not every artist tours. So if you're an artist with an album uh, or more to sell, but you have no following, I would be uh, investing all of that money in advertising. Um, I think you learn a tremendous amount once you start driving traffic towards your music, towards an offer, towards a funnel, towards your brand of communication. You get the beauty of direct response marketing is that you get a direct response and you learn so much. We can we can put together the best offer, the best website, the best emails and and feel like, wow, this is just going to this is going to knock them dead. I'm, but the second people land on that page, start engaging with our ads, we see it through their eyes. We experience it on some level through their eyes and our opinions change. And there's just no way you can hone those instincts and get that knowledge without driving traffic to an offer. And it's invaluable. $500, even if you didn't make a dollar of that back, you would learn so much about your fans, your music, and yourself. So it's it's tremendously important to start growing and getting that feedback. Now, um, the best way to Again, there's there's so many different approaches, but if you are selling an album, the the best way to spend that money, in my opinion, would be to drive uh, traffic using Facebook and Instagram, which of course are all through the same company. Um, uh, you're all doing it through the Facebook ad ad manager, but but I'd be driving traffic to a squeeze page. Now, a squeeze page is a single page that typically doesn't have headers and nav bars or any of that other stuff on it um, uh, for people to click on and get distracted. It's a single page, a single landing page that has typically, at least the way that I put them together, a, a headline that makes a bold claim or promise about the experience that your music offers, a, an image, a photograph of, of you or your band, a few media quotes, 
If you don't have media quotes, you can check out the very affordable PR service that I've put together called No Brainer PR. It's a guaranteed press service, guaranteed uh, you know, to get you reviews of your music, honest and authentic reviews for as little as, as uh, 35 bucks. You know, it just depends uh, how many you order. The more you order, the cheaper it, it, it gets. Um, but anyway, a few a few quotes to create social proof and then a few supporting paragraphs to kind of explain what's going on. Those paragraphs typically, I use a four-paragraph structure. I tell people what who, who the artist is. In the first paragraph, the next paragraph tells people what the music sounds like. The next paragraph tells people um, uh, what you're offering, uh, you know, about the song that you're giving away or, or songs that you're giving away. And the fourth paragraph tells them what to do next, which is to sign up to get that free music. Um, and again, I can hear the critics saying, who's going to sign up for free music? Nobody wants free music anymore. Nobody cares about downloads. It, it, you're right that they don't care about downloads. That's not the point. What they care about is experience, and that's where the copywriting comes in. That's where the headline comes in. That's where the quotes come in. You're, you're in your, and that's where that USP comes in. You're, you're really speaking to the conversation that is already taking place in the mind of your prospect. You're, you're uh, demonstrating with your copy that you understand what it is that, that they love about a particular type of music and you are um, explaining that your music will offer that very experience um, that you represent a, a specific tribe and that by taking you up on your offer they're going to dive they're going to take a step deeper into the world that they already love so much and it's that experience that people do crave. And because of the way the squeeze page is designed with no rabbit hole to get lost in, no links to videos and streaming platforms and social media platforms and everything else, there are really only two options to sign up or to leave. Um, and it is not uncommon at all for um, myself or, or my clients and students to see conversion rates on a squeeze page over 40%. It's, it's very common to see them over 30%. Um, so, you know, a, a good squeeze page is more often than not uh, getting one in three, one in two even people to land on that page to sign up. That's how well this stuff ultimately kind of works. And then again, once they're on the list, that's where the, 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 the email marketing campaign takes over and converts some of those people into customers. Um, and even if they don't buy, then it hopefully converts them into fans and you can monetize them in some other way later, you know, a little further down the track. Um, so I would be spending my money. You mentioned having a website. I would make sure you have a, a, a squeeze page, um, a page that matches that criteria that I just mentioned. And then I would be spending my money on Facebook and Instagram uh, driving traffic to that page. Now, I would be targeting fans to start with. I'd be targeting fans of uh, similar artists um, and I would limit my placements to just Facebook and Instagram and I would watch the results and if Facebook performed better than Instagram or vice versa and by the way it's usually Facebook that outperforms Instagram but not always um, I would then turn off the underperformers um, and I would use uh, I would 
test various bits of ad copy. Uh, if you if you know the Facebook environment, I'd be starting with Dynamic Creative to settle on a, a winning ad combo, and I would be doing everything I could to promote um, you know some engagement, but ultimately conversions. And I would be communicating with that list and trying to um, generate a profit. And if not a profit, then at least a significant return. Um, from that list. Now, if you're wondering, what do you mean not a profit? Isn't the whole point a profit? Certainly the whole point is profit, but we don't always experience that with just one album. Often that profit comes further down the line. It might come from the first promotion, you know, the the initial offer. It might come from the upsell. It might come from a second promotion, even potentially a third promotion. It really just depends on you. But the, the sole goal here is to generate subscribers that cost less to acquire than you are able to generate on average um, over the course of, you know, whatever period of time you are comfortable with um, in terms of risk. So that might be one month, that might be six months, that might be a year. Um, and you have a lot of potential, a lot of opportunities rather to, to sell stuff to that uh, lead over the course of that year. So if they didn't take you up on the on the album you were buying because maybe they don't like consuming you know traditional albums, then maybe they'd take you up on the Patreon campaign that you promoted a month later. Or maybe they didn't buy because timing was was wrong. And then when you circle back with a pay what you want campaign or some reframing of the same offer, they take you up then. And we see this all the time. So that's that's the goal, and that's what I would be doing. And then I would be reinvesting uh, that money uh, that I that I generate in sales into more advertising, so that you can grow. Now, just being honest with how this often goes, some people are profitable right away, some people are not, and for some, it takes extensive testing. And you may not be able to to uh, optimize your campaigns and create a profitable ad within that first $500. But you you should be generating profit and you should be generating at least a significant return on that so that you can reinvest additional funds and hopefully get to that point of profitability. Um, So the third type of artist is artists with music to sell uh, and and an existing following. Um, So if you uh, you know, similar to the the last type of artist, you're an artist who's already got music recorded, um, and you've got the means to monetize your relationship with your fans, but you also already have an existing following. And Jason mentioned having 400 people on his list. That is an existing following, but it's it's not that big of a following. I'm more typically talking about thousands of people either on a list or uh, thousands, even tens of thousands of social media followers. You know, you've got a a semi-healthy career already, Um, but uh, perhaps you've been struggling with online marketing and you're interested in taking it to the next level. For artists like that, Again, I say this largely because the amount of money you're dealing with is small, but I would be investing, um, I would I would still be investing in advertising on Facebook and Instagram, but I would start by using retargeting. So there's usually a ton of, uh, uh, what is the uh, fruit left on the tree in, in, our, in our existing followings. Um, I remember with a previous project having a list of around 10,000. This is a non-music related project. So the the return was 
pretty significant as compared to what the average musician might see. But I had a list of around 10,000 people. This is more than a decade ago when this kind of marketing was still somewhat new to me. And I never promoted anything to that list. And I remember sending out four emails over four days and generating like something like $22,000 um, and, and revenue from, from just a few days of emailing a list that I had taken for granted. And I know for a fact that a ton of you listening to this have this mailing list with 500,000 people and you never thought about running a promotion to that list. So go out and for starters, tap the existing audiences with organic stuff. Um, you know, this, this is outside of an answer to your question of how I'd spend the money, but, but tap those audiences, run time-sensitive promotions to your mailing list and to your social media following, uh, and see if you don't uh, get some return uh, out of it. And you might increase the amount of money you've got to spend on, on marketing dramatically, but also go and, and do some retargeting. Um, go and run ads specifically to your existing audience and see if you can't generate some existing, uh, I mean, some additional sales. Um, now, how, what the, the kinds of ads I use, I would do a little bit more, uh, a little bit of additional testing here to see what worked and what didn't with a cold audience, like the, the previous type of, um, or the previous scenario that we talked about. I'm typically using images and text. Um, we don't typically use things like video with that kind of marketing because we want to leave a lot to the imagination. But with a warm audience, people that already know us, um, who, 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 you know, don't have as many questions about who we are and the kind of music that we make, often video can work really well. Um, uh, it really, you know, it comes down to the strength of the video. A great video can result in sales. A mediocre video will will hurt you more than it will help. Um, but, you know, I'd test a few things, see what was working, see what your audience was responding to. But I would start by spending that money. Um, and, and by the way, you know, no more than a, a dollar per 1,000 people in your warm audience. That ratio, by the way, when dealing with a cold audience is very different. It's more like a dollar per 10,000 people. But a dollar, so if you've got 20,000 Facebook followers and they're all legit followers, not followers that you got from some ad campaign where the setting was you know, worldwide or anything like that, but legit followers, people that found you, uh, and are paying attention, you know, and you got 20,000 of spend $2 a day retargeting those people, taking them to a sales page where they can buy s some of your music, try a text and, and, uh, image and also try video and see what ultimately works best. Um, you will be dealing with a smaller budget, so I would I would take a portion of the money and still go after uh, a cold audience and see if you can't grow that base. Um, but uh, retargeting is where I would be putting a lot of stock. The only issue with retargeting is it will burn out faster, and then you will ultimately be back um, needing to grow that audience, and and eventually a ratio that y you might hope to, uh, or a balance you might hope to achieve would be a sort of 90% driving uh, cold traffic uh, into your sort of uh, following, you know, uh, in, onto your list and onto your socials, and then 10% retargeting those people uh, to keep them coming back and ultimately purchasing. Um, the final uh, scenario is a touring artist. So if you're an artist, much like the last scenario, who has music to sell, who has an existing following, but you're also 
actively touring. Um, and I know more and more artists are g- getting back on the road and starting to perform live again. If that's you, then uh, I would be concentrating a significant part of that budget, if not all of that budget, along your tour routes. So this is a really great way that you can, um, you know, as a as an actively touring artist, if you're going to go and spend $30 a day on advertising, you know, why not concentrate those dollars on, uh, let's say you toured typically up and down the West Coast, why not concentrate those dollars on on Seattle and Portland and San Francisco and Los Angeles and San Diego um, and build build a constantly growing audience that you're not only turning to um, to to ultimately sell albums to um, and monetize in, in all the ways we've discussed, but you're also going and uh, driving those people to your shows. And if you're doing that, I would be I would be using dedicated squeeze pages for each um, uh, market, um, each city. And the reason being that when we're using a tool uh, like Aweber, which is what I use, we're, we're, we're applying tags. When people sign up from a particular form that's on a particular page, the system can tag them. And then we can create these segments based on those tags and we can email them, um, uh, accordingly, so we can go and add a Seattle tag on the C- on all subscribers that come in through the Seattle Squeeze page, and we only send traffic in Seattle to that Squeeze page, um, and then we we go and email only the people in Seattle whenever we're performing in Seattle, and likewise down the list of our cities. Um, it can be a little more challenging when trying to target uh, specific interests in cities, even big cities like Los Angeles with millions of people if you're targeting fans of Bob Dylan you know who's a massive artist in uh, in uh, even a huge city like Los Angeles um, you're still going to struggle um, it becomes too small of an audience often not always but often um, so while that's certainly worth trying the next best thing you can do and possibly well not next best thing, a likely better thing that you can do is create a lookalike audience. Um, and for lookalike audiences, you're still you're doing it nationally, but then you're limiting your reach within the ad to the particular city. So in other words, you go and create a lookalike audience in the U.S. You you might you go and upload subscribers, or maybe it's a percentage of people who've watched a you know ninety percent of a video of yours, or even just people who like your Facebook page or who have been on your website. Whatever metric you ultimately want to do, you create a custom audience, and then you create a lookalike audience based on uh, that custom audience. Um, and even though the lookalike audience is 2.2 million strong and spread out over the United States, when you set up your ad on the ad set level, you limit the, the reach of your ad to people within, you know, 20 miles or 30 miles of the venue that you're ultimately playing. And you can you can get that that targeted and that'll likely be a better way to go. But you can try both both specific interest targeting and um, using lookalike audiences. And then, um, and then you can drive more people into more seats, and hopefully the whole thing snowballs, and you go from there. And even with five hundred dollars, just you know, keeping your um, keeping your 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 budgets lean uh, and um, focusing on optimization and ROI, uh, you know, it's it's still a significant 
start to what will hopefully become a, a profitable campaign and profitable career. But you can't really approach any of this with with the idea that you're only going to spend $500 and then that's it. That's going to snowball your career. And I think this is probably an important point to make. No matter what, even if you're, you're, you may be approaching it as I have $500 to, to spend and to risk, think of it more as I have $500 to experiment with and test because the whole goal here and everything I teach is about positive ROI, positive return on investment. That is the whole point to this. And if you can't ultimately achieve it, then then the strategy isn't ultimately working for you. Um, you have to achieve it uh, at least eventually or or it's the wrong strategy for you. Um, that is what this is designed to do and that is the whole point. And once you are generating more than you are spending, you're not only um, you know getting y- your money back, but you're, you're putting some in your pocket and you are... Um, increasing your marketing power by growing that that seed money so if you started with $500 and you made $550 you know you could reinvest the whole thing at that stage or you could if you wanted a profit right out of the gate put 25 in your pocket and now you have $525 in seed money and keep going like that um, and until your career is as big as you want it to be. And eventually there are scaling challenges. You know, you start to, it starts to get hard, believe it or not, to spend more than $100 a day marketing music, not so much in other other markets, but with this type of marketing, it gets to be hard. Um, the most I've heard anyone, any student spending is around $500 a day. Oh no, I take that back. I think, I think Josh from Empty Pockets is up to, or at least was at some point up to around a thousand a day. I think I don't know. Um, it can be done, but it's a lot of work to scale up. So those are additional challenges and good problems to have. Um, but that's that's kind of the goal: is to be generating more than you're spending um, and uh, trying your darndest to keep scaling up so that you can keep spending more. Uh, you want to be spending a thousand dollars a day because it means that you're making, you know, a, a, a greater uh, return each day. That's, you know, if your return was 50% and you're spending $1,000 and making $1,500, then you're a heck of a lot better off spending $1,000 a day than you are $10 a day because obviously in scenario one, you made 500 bucks profit. In scenario two, you made five, but the effort was ultimately the same. So so scaling is, is an important part of the process and that's what comes next. Um, but anything that, anytime we're talking about not only advertising, but business in general, there are absolutely risks. Not everyone profits. Um, anyone who tells you otherwise is lying. Uh, it's business. It's challenging. And, um, and it's, it's how it goes. But I do, I'm, I'm, as a musician and as somebody who's been making a living as a digital marketer for more, more, well over a decade now, um, I, I know of uh, no better approach to help the majority of musicians um, have the best shot at generating uh, significant revenue from their music than than this basic approach. So I kind of stretched a simple answer (laughs) uh, out into, you know, a 30-minute podcast, but I, I thought we'd have some fun with it. And hopefully all of you listeners recognize yourself in one of those scenarios. Um, and this gave you some food for thought, uh, you know, just to just to 
uh, what's the word? Not paraphrase, but to um, recap that in simplest simple, simple, simple terms. You know, how do I think you should spend your 500 bucks, Jason? Assuming you've got music to sell, spend it on advertising. Um, and hopefully at this stage, you're familiar enough with everything that I teach to know the best way to, um, you know, set all that up and optimize things for sales. And if you're listening to this and, you know, you like what you're hearing and you're interested in learning more about how to set up the kind of funnel that I'm talking about, then, uh, you know, again, head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com, click on products and services where you will find a link to my flagship program called Music Marketing Manifesto 4.0. That's the the course that I put together that teaches musicians how to build online marketing funnels for their music. All right, that's that's it for uh, this uh, episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you've got a question that you'd like to ask on the podcast, what did I say the URL was? Because I haven't actually put it together. Uh, I think I said musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash submit a question. Um, and, uh, I'll, uh, potentially, if I think it'll make a good episode, then I'll ask it on a future or I'll, I'll answer it. <laughs> You'll ask it. I'll answer it on a future, uh, a- episode of the music marketing manifesto podcast. Thanks very much for listening. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can market your music using the direct-to-fan strategies discussed on this show, then head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and sign up for your free copy of the Music Marketing Blueprint. Once again, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com.